What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. Today is a perfectly splendid day for us. The Binge Town fam was so hyped to talk to Henry Thomas, a.k.a. Hugh Crane, a.k.a. Henry Wingrave. You may also know him from a little film called E.T. He's the coolest, and we had such a great time talking about two of our favorite shows, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. Enjoy the episode. Let's go! I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm on a show up here in Vancouver, BC, and my schedule is always up in the air. So uh, I I sometimes get called in. Uh, I'm like a doctor. I'm I'm like a doctor. <laughs> except we don't we don't do anything important. <laughs> exactly. Can you really tell us good. anything about what you're working on? Uh, I'm working on uh, Mike Flanagan's next uh, project. Uh, it's a, another show for Netflix. Midnight Completely Master. into. It, it's Midnight Mass, yeah. Yeah. Is that also a horror? Uh, I mean, I guess it is. Yeah, I guess it is a horror. It's uh, it's hard for me to say because I think like uh, Haunting of Hill House was, I guess, technically horror, but it never really felt like a horror show to me. Exactly. Mike, Mike Flanagan's stuff always seems to be sort of in a universe of its own. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it so incredible. We're obsessed. Oh well, I'm glad to hear it. He would be very, very happy to hear it as well. <laughs> so horror is kind of hard to sell. So we are huge horror people here, and it's hard to sell to my friends who are like, "Am I going to be scared?" Like blah blah blah. But we always say, especially Mike Flanagan, he tells a story. It's mostly story. Of course, there's jumps. Of course, it's creepy. But I I can't sell it hard enough. It's it's hard. People who don't like horror it's a hard sell but i've been digging and digging right? i've got some people to watch yeah i i think a lot of people uh get plugged into the love story of, of bly and Ooh. they get plugged into the family uh the family story of of hill house so it it speaks to a lot of people that are are normally not horror fans i think I agree. I am actually the newest watcher of either of the Haunted series. I was late to jump on the train for Haunting of Hill House. And part of the reason for what Kathleen was saying that I'm a little weird when it comes to scary shows, but I was blown away by the incredible writing, the incredible acting, the storytelling, the mystery all by Hill House. And of course, that means we had to, as a podcast, go right into Bly Manor because the timing worked out so well. (laughs) Right. I just want to say that you guys did an incredible job. I'm really, really hoping you get a third season. I know it's anthology, so it's all disconnected, and who knows who's going to be in it. But you did a fantastic job for Hill House and Bly Manor. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, You know, it was only ever meant to be Hill House and just kind of one and done, uh, stop there. But the popularity of the show prompted Netflix to to start asking Flanagan for for a sequel. So... I don't know if there's going to be a third season or not, but I know that there's already been talk of a third season. That's great. Do you have any sort of, I don't know if you are into horror or whatever. Do you have any stories you would wish it, it was going to be like, I know this was turn of the screw. The other one was, yeah, I don't know. It might be cool. Um, you know, it might be cool to have something like, uh, at sea, you know, the haunting of some ship or something. That might be really cool. Yeah, that would switch it up because it's been houses and manners. So let's just get it on the yeah. wall. <laughs> but I guess I, I don't know. Maybe the through line is a is a haunted house associated with uh, 
you know, a famous uh, literary work. So who knows? I have a question for you. Do you think Hill House and Bly Manor are in the same universe? Could Hugh Crane and Henry Wingrave bump into each other in the same universe? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the timelines are, are pretty similar. I think Haunting of Hill House was sort of in the, in the 90s, mm-hmm. early 90s, maybe. And yeah, so they, they, could, they could bump into each other. If they did, maybe we we would have to get another actor to play uh, a, a younger younger Hugh, uh, <laughs> a third Hugh. Yeah, it'll be like a Hugh trilogy. <laughs> I do need to ask right off the bat: Do you have a preference of what season you enjoyed more? Just as an audience goer, do you do you gravitate towards Bly or Haunting of Hill House? I I got wrapped up in the story of Hill House a lot easier than I did in the story uh, for Bly. Uh, part of that was just me uh, kind of freaking out over playing a a guy with an accent and also Mm. his alter ego. So I was, uh, I I was having a crisis, like an actor's (laughs) crisis. Yeah. Can I do this? I don't know. Maybe a bit off more than I can chew. You did. Mike Flanagan keeps giving me these hard roles. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) How did you feel about those scenes where you were the, we like to call him Smiley, just because it's you <laughs> just with a big smile. Yeah. And actually Henry Wingray, how did, how were those scenes? Was it just you filming it over and over and then just piecing everything together? And how'd that feel? Yeah, it was kind of cool. I had never done anything like that before. And, uh, you know, technically I didn't know how they were going to, to accomplish it. I had a double who was dressed as me that could match me when, you know, shot from behind. Mm-hmm. So they could do like over the shoulder coverage and, uh, you know, we, we could do wide masters and things like that. But for the parts where I was playing opposite myself uh, in the scenes as the, it, he was called Shadow Henry in the script. Okay. So okay. there you go. We were trying to figure out yeah. what his name should we're be. We're called yeah. Smiley. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was Shadow Henry and and then there was, you know, Henry Wingrave. Basically, they would set up a track with a specialized dolly on it, a specialized machine that would basically like match all the camera moves. So we would get one take uh, that they liked and we would keep it. Then on the monitors, they could watch the scene like with the two characters overlaid uh, uh, instantaneously, you know, just kind of like replay the the movement of the scene from before. And I would have to match my performance uh, for for timing, you know, which was tricky sometimes because if I'm doing a part where the other character who shot first uh, had the first line and I did a little prop work or something at the head of it, I would have to remember that and count in my head so that I could get the timing right to deliver the line when the camera was in the right place. So it was tricky and it was technically very difficult to do, but I really love watching the scenes. I think it's so cool, you know, and, Phenomenal. And, uh, incredible. It, it seems like you would almost have to be actually doing the other person, like your other lines <laughs> in your head, listening yeah. to it in your head and then reacting just so you know the timing. Well, we would have playback, right? Oh, so, that's good. Okay. Perfect. So, you know, once it started, then you could get going and find your place. That was, that was pretty easy. It was just 
there were a couple of moments where, you know, I would get on the other side of things and I would go, man, I painted myself in a corner with this. I'm never going to get the timing right. We're going to be here all day. <laughs> um, you know, and I was like cursing myself for doing that. But but you can't go back and, and do the other part over again, you know. So it's a lot more restrictive than doing a scene with other actors, you know, that are yeah. thinking and moving independently. Well, while we're on the subject, because we love going into the the behind the scenes, behind different directorial choices. And one of the things that we talk about constantly still to this day is the episode in Haunting of Hill House, the first mm. season, Two Storms. The best. Yes. Anything episode six. We, get about yep. that. we absolutely love hearing about how, what was it, a couple takes that it was? Yeah, it was, uh, it was four cuts. It was about four, four, four like 16 to... 22 mi minute takes and Carla Gugino and I and all the younger kids uh, in, in the flashback family, we had two pieces to do and the adult cast uh, had two pieces to do in the funeral home. And so we rehearsed these bits, these chunks uh, we rehearsed them separately over a month or so. And then we went on a hiatus. And while we were on hiatus, the crew kept working. And so the crew worked for two weeks and rehearsed all of the camera moves for the whole episode because it was all done with a steady cam and a dolly. The adult stuff was mostly done with a dolly. There were like really complicated technical moves for the camera department to to master and the crew because there were over like 300 lighting cues uh, and they had to happen in real time. There were uh, movements that had to take place on the sets where actual set decor had to be swapped mm -hmm. out. Statues? Yeah, the statues and also in the segment in episode six and two storms when Carla and and I are upstairs with the flashlights looking for who are we looking for? I can't Nels. remember. Now, of course, now. Um, yeah, uh, she was always trouble. Uh, we, so we're looking for now, and all of this stuff happens. And then at the end of it, I find Carla again, and she said she had the strangest dream, and. We are like running because we hear Nell screaming or running downstairs. Well, when we were running down the stairs, we were timing it out because sets had to come in and they had to pull a banister out, right? So that uh, James Reed, the steady cam operator, so that he could go into like this elevator sling thing and get dropped down the next story into the foyer and then into the opening the under the chandelier, when the chandelier drops, mm -hmm. uh, that area, that whole grand entryway in, in Hill House. And so we would get up to that point and then there would be a bump on the steady cam when James was trying to get into the elevator and they would cut. And it was like, you know, 10 minutes into like a 15 minute mm. take. Yeah, so and close. <laughs> We would reset and do, we have to do it all over again, you know? Wow. And um, I think we did 
eight takes of that in one day. But we got it all in one day. I mean, we got both of those, both of our segments in one day. We did them back to back. But we had rehearsed them for, for almost a month. I would pay so much money to be a fly on the wall for that <laughs> month. That would be incredible. You, the adult actors are obviously just incredible. Those, the Haunting Universe children are out of control, especially the, those five kids. Mm-hmm. Come on. I, I, I mean, there's a behind the scenes video and there's, there's articles written that maybe they were nervous about the kids being able to get it right. And they said the kids were just knew everybody's lines, not even their own lines. They knew their lines. They were just the most. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Violet McGraw, who, who played young Nell, she and I had a scene outside of the motel room where uh, Hugh is, he's just uh, devastated. He's waiting for the cops to come. And I was worried about it because Violet was six and she had like uh, two pages of dialogue, you know, and I thought, oh man, this is, we're going to be there all day. And she knew the scene backwards and forwards and she was great. She never left me hanging or anything. And like, that was kind of one of the first big scenes that I'd had with the kids. And I was just blown away. And they were all, uh, they were all so impressive, especially on episode six where, um, we really needed them to focus and, you know, be on time and, and hit their marks and, and, you know, not deviate from that. They were amazing. And Glide too. Uh, yes. uh, Amelie and, and Benjamin uh, Evans Ainsworth, Amelie B. Smith it was so incredible in the scenes that, that we all had together. She was um, perfectly splendid. She was. <laughs> she was indeed, wasn't she? Yeah. And- Speaking of the child actors, obviously you starred in E.T. as a child. So when you were working with these child actors, did you have any advice for them or even their parents about coming up in the business or or anything like that? You know, it's funny because the industry has changed so much since I was a kid. When I was a kid, there was no Internet and everything was on film. Like even the TV shows were on film. You know, it's a different ballgame now. The kids that that I'm working with in the Flanagan universe have all been such consummate professionals. I like, I was never that professional. As a kid. <laughs> you know, like these, these, these guys really know the material and they come to set prepared and, you know, they're aware of where the camera is. And, and I mean, they're still kids and they, yeah. they do kid things, but they're a lot more on it than I ever was. I think. Oh, that little movie, E.T., you know, that little. Yeah. <laughs> we saw your audition, incredible audition. You got the Yeah. Audition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the only time that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's so different, though, now. You know, the, the Internet didn't exist when I was there. And so much is, like, social media following. And, I mean, Gosh, the uh, the amount of auditions that kids go on compared to the amount of auditions that I went on as a kid, very, very different. I was watching an interview that you did and you were talking about uh, young Luke Julian and you were saying at the time he was five and he was so professional, but at times you didn't real he didn't realize like when the camera was on or off and he you said that he'd be like, Are we are we on? Are we on? Are we going? <laughs> yeah. 
It's just, he would, he would, he would stand there and then he would, you know, he's five. So his attention, he's a boy. Right. Like his, right. his attention is like shifting, like <laughs> you know, 10 seconds. And he's like, oh, is this a rehearsal or is this real? Are we, <laughs> is this, are we practicing right now? And I would say, no, 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 we, we haven't gone yet. You have to wait. <laughs> you know. Well, oh. wait, uh, pick me up, pick me up with one hand again. See if you can do that. <laughs> We're going to have to go. It's very rare that you see, like you said, the family aspect of it. Especially, it's funny because Bly Manor immediately, I don't know if it was because of the crossover of actors, but you really do feel at home at Bly Manor right away. And especially Hill House. I mean, that family is like, I always say my, my best friend, everyone was saying we want a season two of Hill House, literally Hill House, like a continuation of the cranes. And he kept saying, leave the cranes alone. Let them be happy. Like, please leave them alone. But speaking of Hill House, the allure of it all is how you get a little piece of the origin story. Right. And you as Hugh Crane bursting into Steve's and being like, we got to go be quiet, close your eyes. I mean, there's no better setup than that. You're just like, I need to watch the rest all 10 (laughs) right away. It's incredible. So our question is, do you get all 10 scripts at once? So that airs in the first episode. I'm wondering what order do you shoot this in? And do you know the entire story before you even start? So here's the thing, right? Um, Generally, I have a loose idea of where the story is going to go and where my character is going to go because in the early days you sit down with the directors uh, or the director of the show and you know you talk about who this guy is right but in the Flanagan universe and when we're working uh, together we usually have most of the scripts before we start and Hill House, we had the first six scripts all at once up front. Okay. And then we had to wait a few months, about a month and a half, for the last three. And we went on hiatus, and then we got the, the last three episodes and read those. But we all kind of knew where it was going, roughly. We just didn't know the specifics. God, I love Hill House so much. I know. And, <laughs> and for the filming, is it actually per, by episode or is it by like the timeline of how things were going? Well, it depends. Uh, usually, you know, that falls into production. So okay. you know, depending on locations and how they have to schedule them. I think Hill House we shot in blocks. So we shot episodes one through three all at once so some days you'd come in and you were in episode one and in the afternoon you'd be doing a bit from episode three Mm. or you were in you know all week doing stuff from different episodes uh but then you'd move on to the next three episodes and we'd have breaks in between and so this one uh bly we shot pretty much by location, like block shooting. And this one, Midnight Mass, we're shooting by location as well. That means like you shoot all the episodes at once based on the location. If we're shooting at the funeral home for three weeks, then every time the, f- the funeral home features in Haunting of Hill House, then you know that's the scene we're working on. As an actor, what's it like trying to get into the headspace of the different timelines? Like, like you said, so if you're going to be doing 
you know, for example, episode one, like Kathleen said, you start off and you it's towards the end of the actual show. So you're in, you know, it, it's you're in hysterics almost trying yeah. to and it's the end of the story almost. And, you know, you have your hand taped up, the production has to change. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you're acting is, you know, maybe when you're first in the beginning of the story, when you're in, you know, first getting, right. getting there. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to stay on top of that as an actor. That's one of the challenges of working in in this medium where it's long form and especially where there are a lot of twists and and things that you have to pay attention to. It's fun. It, it's fun, but it does get confusing at times, especially if if you're dealing with a lot of characters and different timelines and things like that. It's a lot to keep your head around. Yeah, I do want to actually bring that up because the character that you played in the first season dealt a lot with moving pieces. You were were scene partners with a lot of different characters, all of the younger versions of them, of course. But then we go to Bly, and the majority of your scenes are, if they're not with yourself, it's with... Victoria Pedretti, Danny. Victoria Pedretti and and Oliver Jackson. So what was it like switching from being more central to to talking with everybody to having a more... Isolated. Isolated role. It was... It was fun doing the scenes with Victoria and with with Ollie because obviously we didn't get to do any scenes together in the first uh, run, but we were always there hanging out uh, on set or an offset. Uh, you know, I would see them a lot. So I got to know them, but I never really got to work with them. So that was fun. But yeah, it was pretty, pretty isolating. Like Henry didn't get out much uh, in his yeah, in his later years right and um yeah but it was nice doing the uh the stuff with uh matthew holness and and alex esso uh doing the flashback stuff with henry and, and dominic and and charlotte and it was great doing the scenes with amelie and and alex esso doing the the scenes in in blind manner where where flora is falling into pockets, you know, and remembering yes. things. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. Flora resident. <laughs> yeah, Flora residents. I love that so much. Real quick, back to Hill House, you did bring up uh, having like the older Hugh. So you you had to have younger Hugh and older Hugh. Did you actually meet with uh, Timothy Hutton at all to go over how you guys were going to act as characters so it looked well, similar? We did, yeah. We, uh, we hung out a couple of times and talked about it uh, in, in, uh, in a professional format. And then we went to the Georgia state aquarium, I think together for the day and uh, basically just watched each other walk around and talk and then ripped each other off for the next uh, few months, you know, that's very interesting just to watch stealing, and- <laughs> stealing mannerisms. Uh, he, he did a lot. He did a lot to uh, emulate some of my mannerisms, uh, ways of, of uh, you know, starting to speak or reactions. And um, it was cool. It was cool to see. I personally need to give you a, a quick apology for some of my early podcast <laughs> analysis of your character. Oh, no. Just your character. Great so, acting, but the character. By design, yeah. I personally was was very turned off by young Hugh and how his parenting techniques kind of rubbed me the wrong way with his ignorance towards being we, we like to call it ghost woke ghost and just woke. being aware and just kind of pushing all the kids all their all their thoughts to the side but 
by the end, once we got the whole story fleshed out and then older Hugh came in and had the real conversations with older Steve, all of that turned around into me eventually putting you as my second favorite character of the entire show was, yeah. was Henry. I love well, that's, Hugh. Hugh. Or, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Henry and the that's section. good because, um, you know, in the scripts, Hugh, especially young Hugh, he was, uh, he was a target for like a possible villain in the piece, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we wanted to play that. So, you know, he's, he's kind, but at the same time, he's sort of, you know, narrow minded and, and very, very focused on just getting the house together. And yeah, he's always rationalizing everything that goes wrong with uh, either some kind of problem with the house right. or uh, the weather. He'll he can, he can fix that. Yeah, he can fix he it. He can fix that. Yeah, I, I can fix that, yeah. Right. And I, it's either, it's probably this black mold, you know? I don't yeah. know. My wife's losing her mind. It must be the black mold. Right. I want to I want to preface that by saying it's, like Luke said in the beginning, <laughs> he is new to the show. So I've seen the Hill House four or five times. Like I'm fully obsessed. Jimmy's seen it multiple times. So the way we did our podcast was Rooks and Vets. So we had two vets, veterans, and two rookies. So they were theorizing the most insane things. We did it every two episodes, kind of. Oh, that's cool. And it was so almost sad hearing them be like, Hugh, man, like, come on. What are you doing? I'm like, he's so, he's so sweet. His only fault is that, and it's not even yours, honestly. It's adult Hugh for not being more open and telling them. But I love the line that's that at the end that old Hugh says he says some things can't be told you really like some things can't be told so you're just the whole show the adult kids are blaming Hugh for so much and you're like why didn't Hugh just explain it to them but how could you possibly explain that how could you (laughs) possibly explain what happened in Hill House so it was so hard to hear them say Hugh come on man I'm like (laughs) he he meant well he really did (laughs) no that's good yeah that's good that's what we wanted it's cool because, you know, Hugh, basically, he does give up, but he never gives up on the kids. He gives up on himself, but he he kind of says, well, if it's the only thing that I can do is to protect the kids from this house. Mm. And in a way, like, he's just the guy standing in front of the red door the whole time. Ooh, love that. Yeah, and this, this was just the perfect show for the rook, rookies and veterans because of all the time differences, the twists, the theories. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, me and Kathleen were just trying so hard not to spoil every time. Every time <laughs> Luke and our other podcast host said something, especially like if it was about Hugh, we were trying to not stare at each other and make faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took everything I had to be like, don't you dare say that <laughs> about Hugh. That's our guy. When young Hugh shows up and you see that that night, the final in the car and old Steve and old Hugh are watching you go through and the scream when you see Olivia on the ground is so incredible, earth shattering. So good. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to find Carla Gugino like that. (laughs) What a treasure. Can we talk about her for a little bit? (laughs) I'm always happy to talk about her. She's Uh, just, she's the best. I've been a fan of hers since before Hill House, just some of her other projects. I think it was a story that was going around before Bly Manor even came out that people weren't sure if Carla was going to be in it at all. 
And I think, Jimmy, you might even be able to speak to this more than me, but I think it was a last-minute announcement that she was actually going to appear in the show. It was the trailer. I think mm-hmm. it, the official announcement was the trailer with her saying, I have a story, a ghost story. <laughs> yeah. No, we were, we were ordered to keep it all secret uh, until after October 9th, which was oh, the... So, so you did know that she was going to be on for a while? That wasn't like a creative decision. no no uh yeah because i had uh, we had you know days where we were on the call sheet together so and you know we had dinner together and stuff so i knew i knew that uh you know i i knew that she was in town and i knew that she was on the show so but we just you know a, a lot of those things they like to leave secret because you know, it's an Easter egg for the audience and creates a, kind of a surprise for, for the viewership to, to watch and say, oh, wow, you know, she's in there. It's, it's, yep. it's, it's less if we say, you know, oh, well, these guys are coming back and these guys are coming back and these guys aren't. Yeah, yeah and I, I, viola. I, reacted, I reacted exactly like I was supposed to when the yeah. trailer came out and we yeah. found out she was in it. So. Exactly. I mean, now after Hill House, Hugh and Olivia are going to be iconic television couple forever. 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 You know, <laughs> forever. Yeah, they got their, their forever house. Yep. There oh, it is. It's, it's the TV. I have a gripe with IMDb, and I just wanted to tell you about it, Henry. So as one does, I became obsessed with Amelia, the actress who plays Jamie. And about three or four episodes in the Bly, I was like, I must... IMDb this and stalker actress just I I just must as one does and I go on IMDb and my eyeballs just see Carla and under it it says old Jamie I was (laughs) like you better stop it spoiled me so bad with the big reveal at the end I was like I mean, it still was the best thing I've ever seen in my life, but because Jamie's no. forever. But I can't believe that we have to uh, issue a complaint with IMDb and just put narrator, not old Jamie, narrator. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Right. Yeah. You can't call Carla Gugino old anything. That's not a lot. <laughs> that is so that true. Is She's the most so beautiful woman that ever existed in the world. <laughs> I do I do think that that Jamie reveal at the end of Bly Manor was arguably the most surprising twist to me because as a podcast nice. that's analyzing this show, not one of us at any point guessed that it was going to be an older version of Jamie. Right. We were floating the idea that it could be Danny, but where's the accent? Or maybe she was just unrelated. We just did not come to the right conclusion. But the reason I'm bringing that up is I wanted to know, is there anything that happened in season two that was your favorite personal twist? Uh, well... You know, reading it, it was a great reveal uh, when Shadow Henry revealed himself in the in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I liked uh, Tania Miller Miller's character's uh, twist a lot. Like episode five was uh, pretty cool. Um, there were a lot of good things, and and I and I liked episode eight because that was kind of the episode that we received last. And I'm a bit of a history buff, so I thought, nice. oh, cool, it's set in the 17th century, you know, and I was, I was really jealous that <laughs> they got period costumes and yeah. stuff. Kate Slade, yeah, that episode. Theo again. That we was cool, it. wasn't it? Yes, oh. it was and very Katie, cool. And Katie Parker uh, was great. I thought the two of them together were, were, were awesome. You remember Katie Parker from, uh, from Hill House, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 
They were amazing. I was in defense of Perdita the entire. We had an episode, so our seven and eight episode was together. And I mean, half the other two were really fighting that Perdita was a bad character. Like, not amazing actor. Like, the storyline, just how the betrayal kind of the betrayal and i took the i took the other side and i said no we need to save fly and we need to take that chest we can't take the money (laughs) i was i was taking the devil's advocate role but yeah i mean an incredible episode and that that last 15 minutes of episode eight was probably my favorite of the entire series only i love the lore just like it's like the original night of young hugh gathering the kids getting them out at that origin story of hill house and this was that origin story. And I'm so glad it was Kate playing that role. It just heightened it because I'm sure anyone who saw Hill House just was <gasps> like, and of it course, was great. It yeah, was really I follow cool. her on Instagram. So I did know she was going to be Lady in the Lake, mm-hmm. but I, it still just wowed me. Just such a good episode. Uh, I mean, it was fun to see because yeah. I was, we, they actually uh, shot that episode last. We shot. Uh, episode nine first so i was already wrapped and gone by the time they shot that so you decide at the end of six because that's your big episode such a good jolly corner the jolly corner yeah such a good henry centric episode that you are flying a bly and then we have seven which is centric around uh peter and rebecca jessel with the kids and then we get eight which is the standalone and at the end of eight one of our other hosts was like we have Henry Wingrave flying up to fly. You kind of forget because it was a couple episodes ago. And then you just die immediately. Yeah. The minute you show up on the premises. Yeah. And my jaw was like, that can't be the end of him. No way. I was so glad that they revived you because I was like, what an anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. As I, I assumed if you did actually die, your ghost would lend some some wisdom. And after that, but yeah. I'm so glad you lived and got to be Flora. And it miles. was good, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was a little brief uh, exchange that got cut out between uh, Tania Miller and I there, where she's kind of like telling Henry that he has a choice; he can stay or he can go. You know. Um, but yeah, that was also the only scene that Raúl Coley and I had together, and we were really excited about it because we had both been called out to that swamp set, you know, we Bly, like by the lake, we'd been called out there for like four or five nights in a row running and they had just not gotten to us. So <laughs> we had like driven out there. It took an hour to drive out there. They like drove out there an hour, sat around for four hours. And then they're like, no, we're not going to get to you. Go home. And then we drive back an hour. Raul and I were saying, yeah, that's too bad though this is all we have, you know, we just have like a CPR scene and you have to give me mouth to mouth. Goodbye. Yeah. I love that guy. I was a big guy zombie fan. So Raul was. Yeah. He's super there. cool. He's a, he's a great guy. And it, it was fun though. We had, we, we finally got the scene done and we got out of the swamp. <laughs> nice. Now for haunting of Hill house and Bly Manor, one of the biggest things for fans was the secret ghosts. Everyone wanted to find the secret ghost. So for you as an actor, did they let you know when there were ghosts in the background or did you notice certain times or were they added in later? How did that work? No, they were, uh, it was well known that they were there. I mean, we would see them in the makeup trailer, you know, like in the morning when we got ready, like, you know, you'd see like five ghosts. (laughs) You're like, oh, okay. 
It's going to be a lot of ghosts in today. When we did Hill House, Mike was really funny because he would like, you know, we'd rehearse and we'd get ready to shoot and then he would stop everything and then set ghosts for like 10 minutes in the background. No, no, less, less visible, more, you know, come out a little bit. No, go back, come into the light. Just, okay, stay there, freeze, don't move. Okay, roll. That's and, incredible. You know, so that was distracting at first, but then mm-hmm. it kind of became comical. And it wasn't as distracting on on Bly, because I didn't really have right. many scenes with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I was my own ghost. Uh, that character had its own ghost. and But I think the soldier, the soldier ghost was was also Henry's ghost and and it was featured in some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. We wanted you two to have a scene together. That was my guess at the end of eight because the way we... Oh, the soldier and I? Yeah, yeah the yeah. way we podcasted it is we were not allowed to watch the next episode until we podcasted because it was no spoiler podcast. So it was killing me because the first time I... When Hill House dropped, I watched it all in two days. The minute it dropped, I watched it in two days because we didn't have a podcast back then. Mm-hmm. But for oh, this... Wow. So at the end of eight, we were podcasting about it and I had not watched the finale yet. And I'm like, Henry's going to get a soldier and they're going to come. It didn't happen, but I, I wished that for you. Yeah. No, Henry, Henry, Henry had a lot of ghosts. Uh, yeah. Both more, more, and more than his fair share. Yeah. Yep. As an audience member, do you have a personal favorite ghost in the haunting universe? Well, my favorite ghost, gosh, who was she? I, I, I know who she was by the person who played her because uh, I always used to talk to her when we were doing the haunting. We were always at the craft service uh, (laughs) together. And um, yeah, she was sort of an an older woman, sort of tall and thin. White hair? long gray hair, yeah. We remember her. Yeah. Yeah. She was a lot in the basement scenes when you were doing the mold, she was kind of in the background a couple times there. Oh yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was really fun. Yeah, there were a lot of nice people, um, but the ghosts. I always remember the ghosts from sitting in the cast chairs, like waiting to get called on set, (laughs) because they're like always sitting there, like reading books, because they don't get used most of the day. (laughs) It's like, it's a boring job. Yeah, right. Boring no job being Flanagan a ghost. to call me up. I will do. I will be a ghost. You could be a ghost. Fly to yeah. Vancouver. Is that where you shoot Vancouver? That's where we sh- we've shot uh, Bly, and okay. uh, we shot Hill House in Atlanta. Oh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Nice. You know when you when you work on those these things, they, they kind of go where first of all, where the landscape will kind of mirror wherever the story is set. And Hill House was set in Massachusetts. So there is a forest in Atlanta, you know, it it could look like uh, New England. And then uh, Bly, we needed obviously something that could match for England, at least uh, London and and the English countryside. So we're in Vancouver, you know, it's a little greener and wetter, I guess. Mm -hmm. So before we let you go, I feel like we have a couple more questions that I definitely need to get off my chest (laughs) because there's been this this debate going on behind the scenes for our podcast. Just we've we've talked about it a couple of times since finishing Bly. Do you think that there is any issue with someone who hasn't seen either seasons? Is there an order you think you should watch the shows in or do you think it should be as they came out or do maybe it 
because Haunting of Hill House is an introduction to the universe? Or how do you how do you see it? I would say, you know, I would look at it like this. Hill House is sort of a story about grief and Bly Manor is a story about love. And they're both ghost stories. But, you know, obviously, I think the one of grief is a little more terrifying than the one of love. But, I mean, it's, it's really for the viewer to decide, like, mm-hmm. which way they want to go. Mm-hmm. I think the horror fans gravitate more towards Hill House. Mm-hmm. And once you see Hill House, and you've seen a few of Mike Flanagan's other films, I think that Bly is, it's a sort of an Easter egg for Flanagan fans. I loved Bly so much. <laughs> Hill House, I'm glad you did. to me, was perfection. It was hard. The story was incredible. It was, I laughed, I cried, incredible acting, everything. So with Bly, I, I loved that there were so many recurring characters, but I took it as its own thing. I wasn't comparing it to Hill House, and that's what you have to do. And for me, my side, when I answer that question, you do watch Hill House first. That's the way they were intended. That's the way they were dropped. The recurring characters, even though they're completely different characters, recurring actors moving to Bly just heightens it already, even though it's anthology. And people, I don't, I don't know. I, just, I think it just builds it up. It's like any other season two of any show. Just because it's an anthology doesn't mean that that shouldn't help you love the characters more. Like, take Victoria Petretti. Nell was my all-time favorite character from season one. And in season two, they introduce her, and I'm like, I'm obsessed with her. Immediately, the minute they yeah. her, I'm like, that's my girl. And I don't think, I, I just, and I don't know if it's because I'm a girl. I, would, I hate to say that, but the love story of it all. <laughs> crushed me i loved it to death it was perfect i can't believe we got what we got in the finale i wouldn't change it even for a second and that is my opinion oh, well, <laughs> well good I'm, I'm glad that i'm glad that you you enjoyed it thank you <laughs> <laughs> uh but i do have a question actually can you tell me what victoria was the accent she was doing did she have a or like i was thinking pittsburgh but i wasn't sure because i know that's not her normal voice i watch interviews and i, I figured no she was was her I think she was doing some, like, it was something specific. It was, like, somewhere in Ohio. Mm. That makes sense. She's, so, fun fact, we're outside of Philadelphia. She's also from outside Yeah, she's a, she's a Pennsylvanian. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and she went to a school that one of my best friends went to. So, it's interesting. Like, I know, she probably sounds like me in real life. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know this, like. Yeah, she does, actually. Yeah. yeah, so, it was, the minute she started talking, I'm like, interesting what is that girl doing so good i mean i was listening so intently the whole time because she never dropped it for one second and i was like i couldn't even fathom doing another type of american dialect i was like Mm -hmm. that's crazy it's one thing to be i mean even you doing the british accent i was blown away blown away oh thanks yeah it was fun you know it's 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 fun to get to stretch your legs a little bit uh, like that as an actor um and, you know, I mean, Brits play Americans all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't really get a lot of Americans crossing over and playing Brits or, or mm-hmm. doing, you know, regional British accents or, you know, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I mean, even Ollie, as you called him, when he, when he was doing his accent, I was like, oh, he's not American. Look at that. Yeah. I never knew it. Well, he's he's English, but he was doing a Scots accent. Yeah. So yeah, everybody 
I think everybody got like accent envy, you know, they're <laughs> like, oh, well, if, if so-and-so is doing an accent, yeah. then uh, I'm going to have one. I'm going to have a, I'm gonna have a, a more specific region than they <laughs> Just trying to one-up each other. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little flexing in the rehearsal room. I love that. Yeah, you guys I, were whew, incredible. Yeah, so good. And the one, one of the last questions I wanted to ask is, you know, you've been in, you know, as a child, Steven Spielberg, E.T., huge movies, huge movies with Leonardo DiCaprio. You've been in everything. So is there anything left for your bucket list as an actor that you just haven't done or there's still, still, still something that really interests you that you're looking for or is it just all by the story now when you're picking your, your next work? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do, you know, that I'll probably never get a chance to do, but uh, it would be great. And and I have, uh, you know, scripts that I would like to push through and get made. But really, you know, like as an actor, you're always kind of waiting for the next project or, or hoping for the next project. And I've learned over the years that, you know, it's best just to kind of roll with it and what comes your way, you know, if, if it, unless it's something that you hate and the story just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you can't fix it. If you can't fix it, then you, you probably will do the Hugh Crane right. method of uh, choosing roles. You know, you should just like move on. But, <laughs> but no, I, I, you know, I'd like to do, uh, there's a Western script that, I would like to, that I've been trying to produce and make into a film, sort of a Western comedy. And there's all sorts of uh, projects that I'd like to do. Like I'd love to, I'd love to do like a historical, like a medieval movie or something like that. That would be fun. Well, the good news about the haunting universe is it can take place anywhere. So you could be a ghost in the haunting of medieval. Maybe, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I'll be a pirate ghost. <laughs> Kathleen, do you have one last question? I, oh, I, I actually do have one last question, only uh, as a, a last thing. So if you could only be Henry Wingrave or Hugh Crane, you have to choose one and you have to live out that life. Which one would you choose? Oh, I guess Henry Wingrave. Yeah, just you because, have to. Uh, Just because, you know, if you can't cope, then you just have a drink. <laughs> uh, a lot of them. Scotch and, Crane, Scotch and bourbon. Hugh Crane, you know, he's like, I don't know. There's not much hope left for him. No. Well, I do like to say he had the happy ending of getting to live with Olivia Crane. <laughs> hey, he did, quote, yeah. unquote, happy, but... So on one of our podcasts, Luke himself said, old Hugh goes on this thing saying we were married for 15 years together, whatever it was. So it ended up being 20 years. And Luke goes, I would take 20 years with Olivia for, for the rest of my life being haunted. I would take <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fair it's a fair trade. That is a fair trade. Amazing. <laughs> well, the one thing I wanted to ask too oh. before you close is just uh for Midnight Mass, do we uh, have any when can we expect it? Is there any kind of mm. uh date for it? I don't know. Like we're in the midst of filming now. Um I wouldn't expect it before next fall. Okay. Um because we'll be in production uh right up until 2021. But yeah, you know, just watch for it on Netflix because uh, it will be coming soon, soonish. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, COVID, COVID set us back. We were meant to be done uh, this summer with it. Mm. I bet it's we, even slowing you down as you go. Correct? Because everything. Oh yeah. Summer, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're like tested twice a week. We go, we, there's a lot of protocols that, that have to be met so that the, the workplace can be considered safe and, you know, no, we're not endangering the crew people's lives by, you know, working in close quarters or anything. So, yeah, it's, it made an already complicated process more complicated, but sure, sure. We're, we're doing it. We're glad we need more content and yeah, we are big fans. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, now Thanks you, for having me. you are a face and a name that makes me go <gasps> when I see something. So we will follow oh, you to the ends of the earth. So. <laughs> thank you so I guess much for taking the time. Thank you guys. It's better. It's better than a face that makes you go like, Oh, ah! <laughs> it's a good face, Henry. It's a great face. That's the only it. one I got. I'm keeping yeah. it. We'll take it. I'll, I'll see you guys. Thanks. Thank you. And there you have it, folks. That was Henry Thomas. What a gem. Am I right? For now, if you like what you heard, give Binge Down TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcasts app. We also cover Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. So check that out if you haven't already. Thanks for listening and have the best day ever. Bye.